Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Hello, everyone. All right, part three in our Road to Bethel podcast. Last time we talked about the NAR, and uh, I know I said that the uh, next podcast that we were going to do is going to focus more so on Bethel, but that one's going to have to take just a detour just for a second with (laughs) this one. It's all connected. But something has, like I said, a detour. Something has come up. And by the title, uh, I'm dealing with uh, Francis Chan here yep. again, which Francis has come across um, my desk lately a few times. Yeah. And uh, I said, finally, okay, that's enough with this last. Guess we need to talk about it Well, now. <laughs> this interview that he's done, this podcast that he did, he did a podcast with uh, Preston Sprinkle who um, he is a very educated theologian. All right, I don't want to say too much about him. Uh, I definitely don't recommend him. Uh, as I said, he is, he is very educated. Uh, he was educated over in Europe and got his PhD over there uh, in theology. Um, but he basically, he does the same thing kind of that Francis does here and kind of renounces his background. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, uh, France, this is about Francis, so I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about that. Um, and it's funny because obviously the topic of bringing teachers up and talking about people that came up in this podcast as well. So that was when I knew I was like, okay, well, we, you know, we have to do this. Um, but anyway, this podcast was extremely, extremely concerning in so many different ways. And first, before anybody turns me off, gets angry, whatever, please understand that, yes, I, I pray that Francis finds truth again and comes back to it because the problem is, is he is searching there's something there. There's something disturbing this man's soul. And he has been searching ever since he started. And he just yeah. can't seem to land on something. And he's searching for more. Yeah. So I pray for him. I, 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 I truly do pray that he can come back to truth. Uh, because this, again, this podcast just backed up things that I have said in, in past podcasts. Um, this just came from his own mouth and assured many of these things. Uh, these things weren't taken out of context. This was an interview in a very comfortable scenario, him and Preston are friends. Um, so it, 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 was, it was very comfortable, this, this interview. And we'll go ahead and link it. Sorry to the person that didn't get the links last time, um, but uh, we'll go ahead and link it, and, and you can watch it. Um, you know, of course, anybody can watch it, but I mean, I wouldn't. You have been given permission. Yeah, no, it's not that. That's not what I'm saying, but it's an hour long, and, yeah. and you know, obviously, if, if you want to sit through that, obviously, go ahead and do Knock so, but I'm just going to kind of hit on a few things throughout that. And I did have a couple. So this isn't going to be the complete breakdown line by line of the entire thing. Just heads up for anybody wondering. Yeah, no, it's not. And we get um, those messages too. Yeah, I'm going to kind of. You did not break down the entire right, thing. Right. Like, yes, I'm that wasn't kinda, the point. Right. I'm going to kind of cut through it a little bit. Um, not take anything out of context. I, I'm, I'm sure I, I made very careful that I didn't take anything out of context here. Um, with what he was saying and, and what ultimately was happening. But, I mean, there was, as I said, there's, there's some concerning things we'll get into. Um, but then stay tuned for the people that are already upset because we're going to go over some reasons why your arguments against this are invalid because I know them. I get them all the time. Uh, that was the first thing that I got, um, the, the, the first Francis thing that came up again as the podcast that I did uh, a year ago um, about – um, you know, this very topic, I guess I was on this topic about a year ago. So, um, uh, it came back up again and somebody was, you know, good on Francis, love Moss, you know, all these good things. So, and I, I kind of had to sit down and go, well, whoa, whoa, we have some issues here. 
because we're we're bummed about Francis Chan. <laughs> like, right. We're not. I mean, I'm not idolizing a human being, but it's sad to see someone so far off the rockers as he is now. You know. Right. First, there were so many obvious things, but then there were so many things that are just oh so sneaky, and that just really just infuriated me in so many different ways. Um, because that's exactly how Satan comes. That's exactly what he does, is he comes sneaky. He doesn't come in the way that you think. And that's what's unfortunate. And, um, you know, the first basic point, they open it up. The reason why he did this interview with Preston is because he's got a new book out, Francis has. And Francis is, I mean, he is basically denouncing everything in his past from his from masters he went to masters seminary and he graduated from there and um you know he's he's taught and and there and um you know him and macarthur you know knew each other um you know and and he as he claims in this podcast he goes you know i was in their circle I, i was in their circle and this is it's one thing that he's kind of um you know, it's just kind of a reoccurring theme that they keep saying, and he keeps saying my circle, and that's referring to, um, you know, Master Seminary, John MacArthur specifically, uh, in a more broad sense, this is more, you know, truth, um, you know, um, he, tr- he tries to boil it down to this more reformed way of thinking, um, and that's what it, it, it goes to, but um, so he's done that, but this is all about Church Unity is his book. It's about bringing these things together. So, I mean, Francis has fully, he dove right into the the new apostolic reformation pool. I mean, he is, and he's swimming happily in there. And it's, you know, he claims that, you know, with this church unity, that he's crossing these theological lines to love and spread the gospel. Which sounds great, right? right? Because we shouldn't have division. The church shouldn't be the way it is. We should be united in one. Like, that sounds great. Who wouldn't want that, right? Right. So many times in the interview, he separates, he, he attempts to separate himself from people that are overly false teachers, just like he did, there's a whole bit in there about Benny Hinn. Um, and he attempts to separate himself from that. But what's really, really sneaky about it is while you're separating it from it, you're affirming at the same exact time. So that's what he's doing with crossing these theological lines. He's saying, well, no, 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 I don't agree with these people. Everybody says that I always agree with these people. And it's not that they have solid... Um, not all of them have solid biblical teaching, but, you know, that's my hope is to cross this line and in love and, and bring unity into the church and that, you know, eventually they'll get it. I guess he didn't have a plan after that. Um, but he's spreading the gospel and he has completely embraced many of these heretical teachings that, that the new apostolic reformation holds. Um, you know, he, like I said, he just, he feels like he is searching or I feel like he is just searching for something extra. Um, as I said, I think early sermons, you could see that this was something so deep, and it was something that we assumed that was he was just so connected with it, but yet it wasn't that he was connected. He was just searching for that, that more, that meaning. Um, and, and that's what it, it uh, you know... Um, it's unfortunate. It is the the whole the whole uh, situation is unfortunate because this is certainly um, a demon that he's battling. Um, I whether or not I'm gonna call him. I think you know. I think now, yes, absolutely, going this direction, you are headed towards. You are a wolf in sheep's clothing, and going in this direction. Um, and like I said, he's fully swimming in these waters now. So at what point do we say that he's a wolf and not, but there is that in him. And that's what I pray for that. You can tell that is he keeps saying, and this is a, this is a, a, a trick that people do, but he keeps saying, you know, I just, I don't know in my interpretation, in my understanding, 
in these words that are just very, very unsure. And that's a problem. That's a huge issue. Um, but he goes on in like six minutes in and he starts the, oh, poor me. These people are attacking me and saying bad things about me. And he only goes on to defend the super famous people that he's been pictured with and not the actual doctrines that he's been affirming. He's been uh, teaching now that he says that he, he affirms and fully embraces. So he goes, no, 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 I don't, I don't fully agree with Benny Hen. Yet at the same time, he mentions that basically he's been anointed by Benny Hinn as a, as a pastor or, or, or as a, a new prophet or something. Um, you know, it's, it, he's not really clear on, on what that, that he, he received his anointing. He said that the crown, because Benny, okay, so, sorry, let me rewind back here a minute. It's, he says, Benny stood up at a lunch that, that Francis was with, it, at him with, and he's explaining this story about how I didn't know he's going to be there. I don't agree with everything he says, but oh my gosh, wow, what an experience. What a man of God. Like, how are you going to say this in the same breath? And then he says in this lunch, all of a sudden he stood up and he, had, he asked if, you know, he, he, he was, said a few things to this group of people. They were like in a hotel banquet room. Uh, he stood up and wanted to say a few things. And basically he said that because of, you know, things in the past, he fell too in love with money and success and all these, this whole bit that he did when he tried to rebuke the prosperity gospel, but really didn't a few months or I guess this is a year or so ago now back, uh, or maybe it was even longer now, but when he, you know, when he sort of kind of did, but didn't Justin Peters has done a lot. Uh, on that, his nephew, Costi Hen, has done uh, a lot of stuff on that, so you can look that up if you're interested in, in it. But, um, you know, he basically says that because of these, these shortcomings that I feel that God is taking the crown off me and he's, he's uh, anointing you and, he, and he's speaking of Francis Chan. And he just talks about how much of a mind-blowing spiritual experience this was. And I'm like, are you, so you're telling, you, you know, you're saying in the same breath that you don't agree with this doctrine, you don't agree with these certain things, you, you act like you're so far apart, but yet you're, you're accepting it in the same, in, in the same conversation. It does not, or in how the same story. How does that even make sense? It, it, it makes zero sense at all, because he says it's very deceptive, because he says he doesn't agree, but he does. And, you know, 17 minutes into the video, he says that he is, now he is new apostolic reformation. He's basically renounced everything and calls himself a charismatic and then goes on a few minutes later to speak at how great of a man of God that Mike Bickle is from IHOP. And this is something that, you know, like he's more in line now with Bickle's doctrine in this new apostolic reformation idea. That's why I had to, um, I had to do something about this. Cause I'm like, this is, this is too on, on point to what's going on. Because you study the NAR and what it truly is. And all of these people, Bethel, IHOP, right? You go all through all these different things and it's so crystal clear and you're like absolutely not this is not taking the full counsel of god's word and applying it as it is right there, there's so many issues here so then when you have people like francis chan who are standing there affirming even if some of the stuff is kind of i'm not affirming but really i am you know like standing there affirming all of these things that's what makes this stuff dangerous that's why when people ask oh but i used to like francis's you know early stuff should i still no 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 get away period because now i mean he's renounced all this stuff and he's talking about man when i the circle that i ran with you know i just didn't know these things i just I'm like you are you have been seminary educated a very good seminary i have not had half of the the professional training that francis chan has gone and done and yet i know all of these things that he claims to not know. How does that work? 
I mean, it's it's so amazing that, you know, I just didn't know the other side. And you know what? When I got in with these people, I realized that they do know scripture. They do know truth. And it's just the opposite of what you think. They're so passionate about, you know, he talks about Mike Bickle being so passionate about sin in his life, sin in church, all these things. And, you know, how it's mind blowing. And it's, and it's very unfortunate. And then it doesn't even take 20 minutes into this, this interview about this that he begins speaking now of the Catholics and charismatic Catholics. I didn't know they existed either, but he told the story about it. Um, and speaking about how he has misunderstood Catholicism his whole life and how now that he knows that it's true, or knows what, what they actually truly teach, you know, he, he's like, man, it's not about, you know, idols or anything like that. And if you talk to any of them, they, they hate that. And that's the worst thing that they could. And I'm like, well, yes, absolutely. That's their argument. That's their argument for having idols. It's not difficult. And it's, it's scary that, um, you know, that, that people still run to defend this, that, that they still think that this is okay. It's not. And he, he, like I said, consistently is defending himself against these claims. Um, you know, they, they, of course, they berate anybody. He says, you know, they talk about anybody with a keyboard and, and uh, an internet connection can say anything and and how they are so mean to him and how they just don't know and just don't understand everything and well i'm sure that he's got attacked in many ways that he doesn't deserve um the thing is is these aren't attacks they're not this is these are it's 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 truth and that's the problem um there is some very I, like I said, I'm going to go ahead and just leave it to you all to listen to what uh, he is saying. Um, and, and again, he's, this all goes to the spiritual gifts. He's like, man, I grew up just thinking that, you know, they, a sessionist, meaning that they have ceased. And now I don't believe that. Now I've seen it. I've seen so that's healing. tongues and healing, healing and prophecy. prophecy yeah. All these different so things. So sessionists are those who take scripture um, literally and that these things will fade and they will cease, right? They had ceased by Correct. the time we get through the end of it's the It's not letters. that they don't believe in spirit. It's not that they don't believe in gifts of the spirit. It's they exactly. don't believe in apostolic gifts. Exactly. And these apostolic gifts, this is the problem. And he goes on to speak about how he changed his view on everything because of reading the book of Acts. And that's the thing. If you take... That's the thing. We go back and we read right, instead of finishing take, the book. Exactly. <laughs> if you take Acts as the marching orders, that's what you run into. Absolutely. That's not what Acts was. It was Acts of the Apostles. It's, yeah. it's literally a it's story a book. <laughs> about what they did mm -hmm. and how they spread the, and how we have the gospel today. Which is why it, we there go is to the letters no, to explain to us the, you know, after exactly, all of that. Exactly. There is no, I mean, there is, or the details of what was going on during that. I mean, it was, it was, that's what it was meant to be. It was not meant to continue. And, and people falsely accuse um, of uh, people that, that say that, um, that are, um, that say that the gifts have ceased. They say that, okay, you don't believe in gifts of the Spirit. You don't believe in these things. No, it's not that I don't. I don't believe in the apostolic gifts because I just they scripture. were for the apostles. And that's very, very clear. In the early church, to be able to have the word spread like we do. And, you know, it's just so... It, it, as I said three times already, it's just unfortunate that all of these things have come up. Um, but just these, these continuing reoccurring themes kept coming up in this. And there's, there's some great articles that I will definitely have linked. Again, sorry to the person that did not get the links last time. There's articles linked. One of them is written um, from the Messed Up Church. 
um, calling diffusing demonic dirty bombs. Okay, and this is basically uh, a bunch of different uh, common arguments that we have when it comes to uh, calling out these false teachers, saying anything about them, anything about that, uh, or even the false teachers themselves, how they defend themselves. And many ways, there was the way that Francis was defending himself. He was using many of these arguments and defending what he's been doing in his views now. So that's, um, that's, that's the problem. And we're going to look at a couple things here. First, he, he, there's this there's idea and he keeps talking about fruit and spiritual fruits and how these people, how he just has gone over and, and got to know them and he didn't know them before and he repents of anything bad that he ever said about them because he got the wrong idea about them. Um, he's like, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't know them. And them being all of these like NAR correct teachers, all these teachers and, and them yeah. being that and Todd why all these different people yeah. that he's been associated with recently because he keeps getting called out for all these different all groups. The time with right. known heretics but yet he only defends himself in the in the known heretics so like the picture with Betty Hinn you know he makes a big deal about that in the podcast like because that's what you know most people the, the reform crew did freak out with him with Betty Hinn but yeah but it, it goes way deeper than that it's not just that he was with Benny Hinn. I mean, who cares? You know, and he tells the story of how it happened or whatever, but he goes on to say, okay, yeah, I don't, may not agree with these guys, but the people that are over here that believe these things, they're good people and they, they have spiritual fruits and, and all these different things. And these teachers are, you know, have fruits in their ministry and different things like that. Um, in the first argument of, in the first article that we have, it's 10 invalid arguments in defense of false teachers and they cover this their ministry has fruits and they go on to explain their by fruits most defenders of false teachers often mean that the teacher they are defending engages in charitable works has a large following operates in signs and wonders and lives an exemplary life there is however a fruit that is never mentioned as we will see shortly let us first look at the points that these defenders of false teachers may rise a charitable works John and Lisa Bevere's ministry helps rescue human trafficking victims. Heidi Baker builds orphanages in Mozambique. Christine Kane founded an anti-human trafficking organization dedicated to abolishing injustice in the 21st century. These are commendable social justice works, but are not necessarily fruits that point to sound ministry or even true believers. There are cults and other religions engaged in social justice projects. That does not mean that their works are evidence of sound doctrine. B, large following. We are living in a time when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. That's 2 Timothy 4.3. Your ticklers have large followings. If numbers alone are a good fruit, then Islam must be the right religion. Thousands of Facebook and Twitter followers, book sales, sold-out conferences, prosperity, and being a sought-after speaker are not an indication that someone is a true servant of God. C. Signs and wonders. Right after Jesus tells us we will recognize false prophets by their fruits, he says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Many justify Bethel Church on the basis of their signs and wonders. Firstly, most of their signs are fake. Glory clouds, gold dust, and all this other nonsense that they have do not qualify as biblical signs. 
Secondly, the odd person who may have received true physical healing at Bethel is a result of sovereign grace and will. It's not a fruit that justifies Bethel's ministry. Okay, and in Mark 13, 22, he says, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Okay, so D, lives an exemplary life. While we can judge by outward appearances, things are not always what they seem. Many revered leaders in visible church were found to have feet of clay when they fell from their positions due to extramarital affairs, financial irregularities, or other moral failings that disqualified them from ministry. Look how we have seen that recently. I'm inserting that. I mean, it's like every time you turn around here lately, there's another one coming up. Yeah, you know? exactly. For years, these leaders were thought to have had good fruits. Yet the real evil gift that they had was covering up their sin. What about the teachers who are not involved in sin that disqualifies them from ministry? Do moral fruits ensure that they qualify to be teachers of God's word? There must be moral and spiritual good fruits in the lives of teachers as scripture details their qualifications in 1 Timothy 3 and 1 Peter 5. But there is more. Good character alone does not qualify someone to teach in the church. Paul instructed Timothy as follows. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers. That's 1 Timothy 4.16. The passage in Paul's letter to Titus lists the qualification for elders. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you may put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. That's Titus 1, 5 through 9. Notice that among the qualification, which may surely be described as good fruit, Paul indicates that the ability to teach sound doctrine. Paul goes a step further. Not only is this teaching sound doctrine a good fruit, rebuking those who contradict it is also a good fruit. Further on in Matthew, Jesus shed more light on this topic of bad fruit when he confronted the false teachers of his day. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And that's Matthew twelve thirty-three through 37. Inter- uh, wrapping up their very long point here. I know this is very long, but it's great. It says, so while a false teacher may cover their moral failures or greed, their teachings cannot be hidden and are a sure way to test whether they are indeed false teachers. False teachers use words to deceive. If we judge their words by comparing what they teach to scripture, we will know their fruits are bad. But false prophets are also among these people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed, and in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle. And their destruction is not asleep. That's 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3. And that wraps up their their first point on the ministry having fruits. Is it 
truly fruit? Is it truly? No, it's not once we, we shake the tree up a little bit. Okay, the other famous, the second famous argument, their teachings have helped me. Okay, the answer that they say that this is absolutely incredible. How have they helped? Have they taught you to identify in the sufferings of Christ? Have they taught you to die to self? Have they taught you to consider all things rubbish compared to the knowledge of Christ? Have they taught you to relinquish your ambitions and surrender to God's calling? Have they taught you to be content in all things? Have they taught you to carry the burdens of others and forgive your enemies? False teachers are masters at disguising their destructive heresies. They will use biblical terminology and quote scripture. They will make you feel good about yourself and the amazing destiny that God has in store for you. They may have taught you some biblical truth, but even a broken clock is right twice a day. Fruit does not grow overnight, and it can take years before false teachings begin, to, begin destroying the life of an individual. So that point right there, I want to note that, especially in Francis Chan's case, it, that's what makes this so sneaky is that he is saying a lot of these things. But how he's saying them and in the way of unity is the problem. It's not all the same Christ and he knows better. But he has abandoned that. Okay, I'm not going to go on to read too many more um, points, but I will note this one because this is a, one of the themes that kept coming up that he kept talking about, and of course that was division. Division. It's this is causing division in the church, and and you are you are being, um, you know, a modern day Pharisee. I've gotten called recently um, for for saying any of these things, right? Um, and you're, you're causing complete division in the church. So to answer that, the, uh, the article goes on to say this. There certainly are people who create division in the church. I appeal to you brothers to watch out for those who cause divisions. That's Romans 16, 17. Who are these people? Are they the ones calling for discernment to be exercised in the church? Are they the ones who warn others of false teachers who are leading, leading many astray? The verse continues to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. That's Romans 16, 17, and 18. Those who cause divisions are people who have departed from sound doctrine. Let me read that one more time. Those who cause divisions are those who have departed from sound doctrine. The celebrity apostles and prophets of the new apostolic reformation would have you believe that it's those who call for discernment and expose their false teaching, false teachings that are causing division. They would have you believe that it's those with a religious spirit that refuse to participate in their meetings, purchase their materials, or accept their latest revelation that are causing division. The truth is that the false teachers are the ones causing division and need to be marked and avoided. Teaching different doctrines is the cause of divisions. What Paul says in 1 Timothy 6 Three through five. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and depraved of the truth. Imagining that godliness is a means of gain. 
but godliness with contentment is great gain. Unity in the body of Christ is not when John Prevere tours with Bethel Music, Lou Engel and friends fill a stadium, Todd White partners with Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn teaches at Bethel. You know, this is called false unity in the invisible church. You cannot separate true unity from maturity and fullness in Christ. Those who are united in truth will be the ones who reject the false doctrines of Benny Hinn, John Brevere, Beth Moore, Todd White, Kenneth Copeland, Bethel Hillsong, and other word of faith, prosperity, and NAR teachers. Until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son to mature in manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful schemes. That's human cunning. And Ephesians 4, 13 and 14. This is exactly the same verse that, that Francis Chan quotes. But he doesn't quote the whole verse. He doesn't quote the part that says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful seams. So that, that leaving that part out of it, that's, isn't that, that's kind of reason for panic right there. Kind of interesting when we don't use the whole thing, right? Like I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. Exactly. So that it, means that I can win this race. No, it means that you can survive with nothing because it's not about, you know what I mean? Like when we leave out little pieces, it's amazing how we can make that change, but you know, no big, no big. And here, let me, let me just close and make sure you read um, these, these articles. You, you check out these resources here because uh, it's, it's, really good information that they've put together um and i'm 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 sharing it with y'all because um i have come across these and uh in my in my travels and in my travels and in my research um you know i i, I tend to like uh podcasting on it and, and sharing it with everybody else too so they can they can look at it and they can take it to scripture and they can pray on it and and, and figure it out for themselves uh, that's always kind of been my direction of, of wanting to do things is don't believe necessarily something that I'm saying uh, or anybody is saying, but make sure that you, you follow the right pattern of information to get to truth yourself. I don't even need to tell you. I mean, if you follow the right, um, the right path, uh, you, you, you get there, and, and that path is, is none other than through Scripture, the Bible. That's all we have. Um, but to those of you who are angry and, and are, are thinking of things to, to comment very ignorant, um, these articles go on to say, you know, answer the questions. Do you know them personal? Yep, it answers that. I won't read it, but it answers that one. It answers, have you approached them directly? Uh, it answers, why don't you just pray for them? Uh, it answers, why do you have to mention names? And it also answers, uh, what else we got here? Ooh, this is a good one. Who are you to judge? Oh, we love that one. That's my that favorite. <laughs> Who are you? First of all, how dare you? <laughs> First of all. <clears throat> uh, we read Sowing Division. Uh, what have you done for the Lord? That's, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, so you think your theology is perfect, mister? Yep, that's, that's another one that's in there that they, they answer very well. Uh, and then the second article that we did, I didn't get a chance uh, to do, get into. It'll be linked um, down below. We'll, but... we'll be linked down below, but I'll go ahead and give you a couple previews for this to make sure that you get it. Um, let's see. Maybe I'll read through. Let's see. There's only a few of these ones here. You are just being negative and critical. Don't you have anything good to say? I can't believe you're criticizing, uh, insert famous pastor, popular Christian leader here, at least they're trying to help. At least they're doing something. Why can't you be more positive? I only listen to positive Christians, not haters. That's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. Um, but he's really famous. He has written popular books and has a huge church, has a TV show, etc. He must know what he's talking about. That many people can't be wrong. <laughs> it answers that one for you. It answers the third. Judge not. At least you be judged. It answers that one similar to the article that we just uh, talked about. 
uh, let's see, point four that they have on the mess up church here. Don't have, or you don't have a religious spirit. That guy has a religious spirit. He's always quoting Bible verses and talking about theology and doctrine. What a Pharisee, which, as I said, I got called a Pharisee recently. I mean, which honestly, though, these are the same arguments and that I we're going through with the Ravi Zacharias, you know, and the stuff like that. It's like Ravi Zacharias can't be bad and he can't have done these <laughs> things because look at he did do this and did do that, you know, whatever. It's, it's the same argument yep. that everybody just repackages. It is. It is. Uh, let's see. Oh, five. This one is good. Please, y'all read this. An experience is better than any doctrine. I don't care about theology. I just love Jesus. It's one thing to know the Bible. It's another thing to know the author. Jesus is my theology. Oh, please read that. That's number five on that one. That one is incredible. Um, let's see. Six, offends the mind to reveal the heart. Similar to it's all about your heart, not your head or something like that. <laughs> Point seven, do not touch God's anointed. Oh, that's a good one. You better be careful if you speak against a prophet, bishop, pastor, so-and-so. Uh, I've been warned of that at least 10 times, at least in the past year of touching God's anointed. I've asked what that means and nobody's been able We've to never articulate got. We've never got a exactly clear answer on that, that one. Means and, and but I, we I do always, know that it's supposedly always, very terrifying. Yeah, I always ask them if they understand that, you know, anointing a king, that's like, you know, it's, it's a little different than what you think that the church is doing when we're speaking of anointing. Dude, I cannot believe, I, I'm going to go mm. off on a, a tour here real quick, but... Todd White is literally, and I knew this before, but I saw something last night. Dude literally preaches the baptism of fire, that that's what he's doing. He's like, you know what, I'm just going to put my, my, my hand on you and you're going to get the baptism of fire. I'm like, oh <laughs> my Why would goodness. you want that? <laughs> Why? Oh. Like, oh and people respond, yes. God. Yeah, I mean, it is. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. Well, anyway. What's that song on. about the fire come down or whatever? What's that? Isn't it like a yeah, Hillsong song or something? Down on, yeah, fire rain down. Yeah, Justin Peters. And they're just repeating it over and over and over. That. And it's like, why, why do you want that? <laughs> hey, I love that. I love that. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, so check this out. Number eight, I will read. It's not a long point, but and I know this is a long podcast, but eight is 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 a point that I have to read because this is a common uh, you know statement of the these these false teachings and defending these things. So eight, we only teach the Bible. Believe it or not, this is probably the easiest way to teach false doctrine. Most Christians will shut off any discernment once they hear a pastor teacher say something like this. Yep. Because they don't know. They don't read the Bible themselves to know what the full counsel of God's word says. Yep. So if somebody comes to you and says, just like if, you know, you're Bill Nye you say you're a scientist, yeah, a scientist. all of a sudden you believe what he said because he yeah. deemed himself a scientist. You know, but it's so true. So if somebody, uh, a quote unquote teacher comes and says, I only, right, you're looking for a church and they say, we only use the Bible. It's like. Oh, okay. So I don't need to look anything up, but look what we've done. Look at doctors. If somebody says they are a yeah, medical professional, I'm a doctor and I have a, I then have we a believe what they say yeah. blindly. And it's like, wait a second, you're being paid off by pharmaceutical companies. Your education is skewed to one way. You know, you start going through all these different factors and it's like, okay, technically, yes, you are a doctor, right? Like these people are technically pastors, but um, just because they say, this doesn't mean that you just switch off all discernment and just jump right off the cliff because they said, hey, it's okay, go jump. Yeah. So it says, like, who are we to say something like this? And then it continues on. If he's just teaching the Bible, who are we to disagree, right? Once a pastor or teacher has gained your trust by saying this, he can easily stick a Bible verse wherever he wants, whether it actually fits or not. He could probably just make up Bible verses half the time since no one is checking anyway. If a teacher pastor actually says we should never proof text, he might actually be making it easy, easier to keep proof texting. The key is to keep people comfortable and trusting. 
By the way, proof texting means using a Bible verse or verses taken completely out of context to make a point that it was never supposed to make. Basically, when a pastor teacher wants to make his idea really convincing, he can just dig up some Bible verse to validate his point. With all those crazy stories from the Old Testament, you can prove any point, which is true, and that's exactly what they do. Look at it. They'll pull verses out of Samuel, Kings, Chronicles. That's what they do every single time. Unfortunately, this happens a lot, and it really confuses people because it looks like the Bible teaches a thousand different and conflicting things from just one passage. Which is how you get people to then say, that then say that is just your interpretation. interpretation. Like when it comes down to the gifts specifically, the power of the apostolic gifts, that we can prophesy, speak in tongues, do healings, things like that. We hear over and over again from people, well, that's just your interpretation. I know you don't believe in the gifts i know you choose to listen to teachers who teach this way right that's like, my favorite we, we, you 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 are the one who pulls that and it's like but then whenever you show okay well then why didn't paul just heal timothy exactly. he, he brought a guy back from the dead like yeah, he can't heal timothy there's many yeah there's many examples but you start giving these get, examples right. you know using the full counsel of god's word and it's like well, I don't know. Not, <laughs> I mean, the fact that every single one of the writing apostles talked about suffering and Christian suffering is yeah. just, is just mind boggling. But is it like your mind it, is yeah, in a bottle? It is. It is. It goes. This goes on to say, this is not God's fault. It's the lazy, loose, and wrong in- interpreting being done by the pastor. James three one says, "Let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment." Okay, and then it, uh, then it does have another article that this one links on to frequently abused and misused Bible verses that I recommend for everybody to check out too because that's a lot of those. So I recommend before you think about sending me a message or an email or anything, I want you to go read those misused Bible verses. All right, um, let's see. Nine, you're putting God in a box. As soon as you think you've got God all figured out, he'll do something unexpected. Yeah, that's a point that they go over. Uh, 10, Christianity has to adapt and change with the times or else it will die. Those discernment people are so old-fashioned and outdated. They're the problem. Yeah, I get that a lot. 11, we're getting lots of resistance. We must be doing something right. Satan's wants us to, uh, Satan wants us to stop. That's why people are being so critical. Point 12, well, he just heard slash read something negative uh, on the internet. They can say anything on the internet. So that's how they pass that off. Let's see, 13, don't listen to that discernment guy. He's a dream stealer. You've got a dream that God has planted in your heart. God has a special destiny planned for your life, a divine assignment. God wants you to find your purpose, but the devil wants to steal your dream. Please read that one, people. Um, Let's see. Look at all the fruit of the tree. Yeah, we've gone over that. Now, point 15, he does everything in the name of Jesus. He must be okay. Uh, 16, it it can't be true because I would have known it already or somebody would have said something by now. Uh, Let's see, 17, that discernment guy is just promoting fear, and fear comes from the devil. He's got a lot of anger. You could tell he's not of God. Uh, 18. We need a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. This one is huge. These discernment people are afraid of the new things that God wants to do. They're hindering the move of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Let's see. He goes on. uh, Point 19. Since God is truth, all truth is God's truth. So we can seek his truth anywhere and everywhere, not just from the Bible. These discerning Christians are too narrowly focused on the Bible. They're missing the bigger picture of who God is and all he's doing. Uh, so these are the many things um, that, that we hear and they get addressed very well here. And I, this is just uh, a few of many of the problems slash arguments that come up on this specific topic. Um, Again, it's just so many people, uh, you know, and it's unfortunate. I've had people leave my church over these types of things. But here's the thing is, is it doesn't matter how you think, feel. It matters what's biblically true. And we have got to remain discerning of these things. 
So, um, again, I don't mean this to be um, slandering Francis or attempting to rip him down and, um, you know, all of the the things that people accuse me of here. Uh, But we now have some serious issues. He's He's dove off fully into this new apostolic reformation heresy he's affirming these false teachers and these false doctrines and now you know he he's playing this victim defense against it and um you know just you know i want to shed light on the fact that of course everybody has a defense that's that's everybody can say anything they want in their defense and we sure we don't want to wrongly accuse somebody but I'm just saying, I make some really bad decisions, and when you come and I have to answer you for answer to you for them, I have great defenses against sure why I chose do. to do the ridiculous Absolutely things that I chose you to do. do. And some of them even would make sense sometimes, but it's still sometimes it works. Matter. Sometimes I talk you into it and get you to go along. Sometimes, every once in a while, yeah, that's the deceptive <laughs> part of it. That's what makes you the woman. You take this back to Genesis. Eat this apple, my dear. Yeah, exactly. This is the problem. Oh, my goodness. This is why I have to resist you. <laughs> resist it. The devil will flee. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Get out of here, woman. All right. Well, um, again. On that uh, note. On that note, um, you know, I don't, I don't recommend praying for wolves. I just recommend that, that they find their way back to truth um, and, and praying that, um, you know, uh, if there is something uh, truly in there uh, that's, that is searching like I believe there is, um, you know, I pray that, that come, he, he just comes back around. Uh, so, I mean, I'm going to, you know, hold out hope and prayer. Uh, but for now, that's certainly not the position that we're in. Now we're in a position where this is, um, you're you're singing songs and and holding hands with complete and utter heresy, and that's something that biblically okay. you can't do. No. So I'll end it on that note, and we will be back with part four soon. All right, bye guys. Bye guys.